0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos with my co-host Corey Wooten. But first, today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. Look, the NFL, it's back, it's better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams take the field for another football season. And as always, BetOnline, it's your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. It's got a new updated site and interface. There are more odds, props, and contests BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. If you use promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. Football, basketball, boxing, Major League Baseball, playoffs, NBA, hockey, your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season only at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to the pod. It's a victory pod. We're back, baby. We've got two in a row. We're building a win streak. It's the Chicago Bears pick up a victory against the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas. Or maybe we should just call it Chicago at this point, because there's a lot of Bears fans oh. in the stadium yesterday. 20 to 9 victory in week five. We're going to dive into it right now. We're going to get into all the news and notes and look forward. But first, let's bring in my co-host, Corey Wooten. Corey, say hello real quick. And also, just real fast, at the end of last pod, we were saying, hey, Bill Laser, they might be listening to our pod, man. Well, I don't know. What were your key matchups yesterday? You know, grind it out. Uh, pressure. Run some exits on Khalil Mack. I mean, some of these notes that you brought up, man, they're listening to you, man. And what are we What are we seeing? We're seeing W's on the board. Fancy it, that.
1: Exactly. Co- Coach Wooten over here. You know, you might as well get me on the staff because, you know, they call me Nostradamus right here. I like to predict it, right? We talked about this game plan, right? Stopping Derek Carr, right? How do you do that? Stopping the run game, right? They hold Oakland or Oakland rather at Las Vegas. Yeah. I keep, I keep getting that messed up, you know, all the personal I,
0: foul penalties. It should have <laughs> been Oakland at that point yesterday.
1: <laughs> exactly. Right. But uh, you know, Vegas, you know, they only had uh, 71 yards rushing. Right. And, and that's the key. Josh Jacobs was back, you know, him and Kenyon Drake, they really couldn't get going. The bears really were able to stuff them. Right. You put that pressure on Derek Carr and they were able to hit him. You know, he came out of the game for a little bit. Roquan hit him on that run play. But that's how that's the recipe for success right you stuff that run you make you make the team one-dimensional and I said when you put all the pressure on Derek Carr a lot of times he folds in there when when stuff is going well when they get in the running game going and hey his receivers at the same time didn't help him out at times but when you make him one-dimensional and you make that team one-dimensional they kind of struggle when when the pressure's all on him and I love the game plan the only thing right that I've been talking about is dialing up that blitz package more, you know, running some of those games. And we did see the Khalil Mack exit stunt, right? And first, take one step in, you pick the guard, then the tackle comes around. Khalil Mack, once he picked that guard, he got skinny in between him, comes home with the sack, right? Him and Derek Carr are drawing at each other all day. And then he comes home on what we think is another sack, but you know, on two point conversions, they don't do that. Boo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the the only thing is dialing up that blitz package a little bit more. There was still in, in, and you saw it in situations on, on third and and medium and long where Derek Carr's patting the ball, patting the ball. He's had five, six, seven, eight seconds at times. Right. And there was a couple of times where Waller dropped the ball, uh, Ruggs dropped the ball for, for, you know, wide open thing. Um, so that's a situation where they just need to, to bring a little bit more pressure. Stop being so conservative and at times rushing three people or just rushing four. You know, bring five, bring six. That, that way you confuse them. You know, in that, that case, if you're worried about coverage, play up a little bit more in your coverage, right? When you have those extra defenders coming to, to buy some time for that rush. So that that's, that's my only negative about that. I thought they did a great job keeping them from the end zone for the most part. But the pressure. I I think that's the key because you can't always get home with with four, you know, and at times four sacks is great, but we just need more pressure and no quarterback in this league should have six to eight seconds ever. Yeah. That's, that's, that's on the coordinator at that point, you realize certain games that your front four can get, get the pressure they need. Right. And in, in the past two weeks, we didn't see that enough. You know, you, you, on third and long situations, you got to be able to get off the field and you got to be able to pressure him and and get him uncomfortable
0: well one of the reasons man why i'm loving doing believe in bears with you is i I was watching the game and i saw that Cleo max sack and i went whoa that's what corey was just talking about man that's that exit play and i texted you and i I think i said texas at first but you're like no man that's exit and i'm like dude like you're pointing this stuff out and i'm learning from you like in the moment on the fly and let me kind of let's just stay on the defense let's talk about it a little bit because you know, they only allowed nine points. I think it's uh, uh, you know, I don't think no one's necessarily satisfied, but I think everyone's feeling really good. And I just want to kind of talk to you about what are you seeing in terms of the maturation of the players and the coaching staff. Because week one, man, against the Rams, we got a secondary that doesn't want to tackle. We got missed assignments all over the place. Our pass rush isn't that great. And now all of a sudden we're in week five heading into week six we We're three and two. We're about to play a Mm -hmm. Packers team with a defense that, man, dude, our secondary is there's physicality going on. I feel like Darren Waller didn't want to go out and make some of those. He got those alligator arms that you were talking about. Robert Quinn has got a speed that we did not see last year, right? Khalil Mack has five sacks right now. Hakeem Hicks wasn't in the game, but we did okay. We hung in there. Roquan Mm -hmm. Smith is just all over the field. So what are you seeing from a player's perspective from week one to week five? Yeah. I mean, is it just confidence? Is it something technical that you're seeing? Yeah. And also, if you could also maybe illuminate on the other side, is there one thing that Sean decides defense does that J- Chuck Picano's last year just straight up didn't? Um, that Maybe you're noticing a little bit more on a week to week basis as we get deeper yeah. into the season.
1: Yeah, I think the thing was that first game that was kind of out of character from what we've seen in the Bears in the prior seasons, right? Um, They're usually very disciplined when it comes to assignments and things of that nature. And in that first game, we saw two blown assignments, you know, that resulted in touchdowns, you know, and then another one was a bad angle uh, by Eddie Jackson towards the end of the game. So that's something that we we really are not accustomed to seeing. And, and we saw that in the first week. And then after in the second week against the Bengals, you know, going going against Jer- Joe Burrows out there, I think that's when they really got their confidence as a unit and they were able to get turnovers, sacks. And you just saw every game after, even in the Browns game, when, when things weren't great at times, they were still able to get that pressure. And I think this defense really thrives off pressure, right? Uh, and I said that from the beginning. I think the front four and front seven is really going to dictate this defense. And, and that's what we've seen, right? You look at who has been playing well, right? Khalil Mack, uh, Robert Quinn. And then you look at in, in the middle of that front seven, Roquan Smith is having an absolute beast of a year. I mean, he's he's really climbing the ladder, like I said. Like, everyone notices it um, in that game. I mean, he's been sideline to sideline. We know he has the speed. He's able to cover, um, you know, run with some guy like Darren Waller, which is impressive. And I think that's the strength of this team. What we're seeing them do really well is playing physical, right? Whenever you see the secondary hitting, you know, and, and you talked about that, the alligator arms, you know, guy like Darren Wall is a tall, athletic guy, and when he goes in there like a T-Rex arm, he's scared. He's like, scared because
0: DHC of... and Dion Bush right yeah. now are not have yeah. no problem hitting
1: people. And Gibson exactly. came back yesterday, and and he's a guy that likes to get his nose into it too. Exactly, and and that's great when you have a secondary that loves to hit because you know in this league. You know, not, not not to be stereotypical of the, the, the back-end defenders, but, you know, at times they're known as prima donnas, guys that just want to cover, get interceptions, do all the glory, bat down a ball, you know, talk talk that stuff, right? <laughs> you know, all, all that stuff. But, you know, they usually don't want to stick their head in there and, and tackle and come downhill on somebody. But all, all these guys are are coming downhill. They're hitting defenders. They're run support. Um, when a guy goes across the middle, they're letting them feel it, and they're doing it in a great way. You know, look at look at how Roquan in the end zone when he had that great hit. I think it was on on Renfro. And that's that's something like it's a bang, bang play. He hit him with his shoulder. He didn't leave with his head. The guy ducked. And what are you going to do like that? That should have not been a penalty. But, you know, in this league, they're trying to protect players. But I just love the physicality. You know, you you cannot fault somebody for that. He, He was in the right in that. And I don't think that should have been called. But I love the physicality from the defensive line, setting the tone to the linebackers, to the safeties. And I told you, it all starts with that front four and front seven. And I think since that Bengals game, that's why they are able to get those sacks. That's why they are able to get the turnovers, right? But my my only negative, right, and you've seen this too, is on the third and long situation. I think on first and second down, they're doing a great job with the front four rushing, you know. Um, But I think when it comes to situations where the offensive line knows, hey, I'm I'm dropping back, you know I'm 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 getting ready to get against Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. They're not generating that same pressure, right? So that's a situation where Sean DeSai, listen, I know he's worried about coverage and they have great receivers, but I think a situation a quarterback like Derek Carr, especially, you have to get in his face, you know, in those situations because this could have been a completely different ball game if if some of those receivers caught the ball. Yeah. Right. Because you're asking a lot of defenders to cover for five, six, seven, eight seconds. That's not going to happen in this league. I don't care if you're Jalen Ramsey, you know, uh, Deion Sanders in his prime. Like yeah. you cannot cover a guy for eight seconds that they, they get paid, too. So I think that's a situation where Sean Desai and, and you know, their coaching staff needs to get together and say, OK, let, let's look at the tape. Right. First to second down, we're doing a pretty good job on the rushes. You know, some of those play actions were converting. We're able to get pressure in his face. We're able to get home. Hey, on, on these third and longs, hey, let's bring two guys off the edge. Let's let's tighten up the coverage a little bit to buy that rush a second, right? And then in a situation, let's show that same look, right? Like we're coming, and they're gonna check that protection that way. And then let's bring him from this edge and let's drop everybody else. You know, you 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 got you gotta you gotta dial it up, you gotta trick them, you gotta keep them on their toes. It's like the same thing. Calling offenses, right? Keeping people off balance. Same thing with defenses, right? We're gonna throw a fastball with the front floor fastball, and then what do they do with Khalil Mack? The exit stunt, right? Oh, he's going up the field, boom, boom, picks him, and then you know what? What off that? They run the coffee house, so that's where Khalil Mack acts. Takes two steps, acts like he's gonna pick him again, comes back outside, but the real victor in this is the defensive tackle, right? So he he hits the guard, looks out like he's gonna go here, and the guard's nervous because he saw Khalil Mack get a sack, and then he just goes through. So, that's what they call the old coffee It's house. called how yeah,
0: coffee house?
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what Rod Marinelli used to dial up. Um, you know, a guy like Tommy Harris was one of the best at that, you know, because I think they'd have so many eyes on him. And, you know, when, it, when a guard gets picked by a defensive end, he gets hit in the ear hole, and then that end comes free for a sack. He's worried that the same thing's going to happen. So, yeah, as soon cool. as that, that tackle looks this way, he's looking back at Khalil Mack, and that's when you act like you're coming this way, throw him by, And then because you know the protection is sliding the other way, so you know the center doesn't have help. And then all of a sudden, you have a clean sack. You got them. It was was a great move. So these are certain things they can do. um, but But I love them showing the exit. So maybe next time we'll see a coffee house. And you'll be like texting me. Gore, that was the coffee house and I'm not talking about Starbucks.
0: (laughs) Free brand muffin with every sack. Um, I love that. That's an excellent breakdown. I got a couple of thoughts about everything that you just said. One in terms of week one against the Rams, I think bears fans look outside the NFL just a little bit and ask yourselves the question, are we going to look back on week one and say, did it mean anything for a lot of teams? The Packers got their butts beat by the saints. Bills lose to the Steelers. Now, those are two teams that have risen up and have completely – they don't even play the same type of game anymore. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of curious if this defense, hopefully that is the outlier and we're beginning to see a little bit more of the norm moving forward. And a great point, too, because I kind of want to get into – before we switch over the offense, I just want to get into a little bit of the penalties and a player's mindset when a game that, A – By all accounts, was incredibly physical. Some called it a back alley brawl. And two, just on a day when I think that, you know, the zebras are throwing the bananas out there a little bit more often than normal. And in terms of your pass rush, yeah, I think we had a lot of opportunities where, I mean, just arbitrary numbers, second and 17, where the Raiders had the ball and we were just giving up 9, 10 yards. Like, you know, I mean, just giving it to them, literally, you know, trying to keep it in front of us when really we can maybe trying to really, you know, really impose our will on them. But my question for you is in regards to those penalties, just talk about like the physical nature of that, because, you know, as a Bears fan, one person sees Mario Edwards get a couple of, you know, unsportsmanlike penalties in that mm-hmm. game. And then I see someone like Olin Krutz after the game saying stuff like, Hey, good for him, man. If if the game's going to get that kind of physical, you know you eventually you know you want to do it all within the letter of the law and sometimes stuff goes extends yeah. beyond plays but just yeah just talk about that a little bit because i don't think a fan like myself or one of our our listeners right now are watching the game and we're going "Mario Edwards you idiot you just it's a first down now and all that stuff but talk about what it's mm-hmm. like being in the heat of the battle when there are a lot of you know personal fouls flying around some helmet to helmet stuff it's getting nasty out there your quarterbacks getting beat up and you can't just sit there right and be like ref did you see that like you have to you got to kind of maybe like get your hands dirty a little bit right is that kind of a little bit of the mentality of yesterday
1: yeah I, I think it comes to a situation where you know nowadays they're they're very cognizant the rest that is of of these personal fouls right if that play with mario edwards um you know five six seven eight years ten years ago 20 years ago would never have been an issue, right? In this day and age, they're trying to protect people. That used to be a great play, right? Because you you made a great tackle on the thing, and you want to you want to impose your will on somebody, throw them to the ground, and keep your chest out and say, "Yeah, yeah. I'm coming for you all day." Like, Don't that's do it not again, why. right?
0: Or exactly. no, no, you know exactly.
1: Exactly. And, and you know what to combat that, right. If they didn't like what Mario Edwards does, you know what, you know what happens a guy like Olin Crutch when he played or Richie incognito, right. They would come and push the crap out of that dude and talk mess right in his face. Say, okay, do that again, do that again. I'm going to knock you, you know, and that would be the thing. And that's, that's how it should be. You know, Um, obviously, you know, people start throwing punches or whatever, but a little jawing and jabbing and pushing each other after the whistle, that's football, right. Especially in between the trenches, but this game, in some regards, has, has become very soft in certain aspects, right? And I understand because of, of the stigma with everything and, and the, the brain issues and everything that comes with football, they're trying to make it safer. I, I commend them for that, right? Because there's some people that have had many issues after, after they were done with football. But at the same time, right, now everybody knows what's going on yes let's make it safer great but you have to let the physical component you know be there right i understand the helmet to helmet stuff but hits shoulder hits forearm hits you have to let that go right and then you got to let the guys talk mess in between the whistle right seriously Derek carr and khalil mack were talking back, back and forth to each other the whole game that's and how it
0: should be and they didn't throw a flag right like no, I, the I, but i but i,
1: but I yeah, but I think because they know their relationship, right? Because sure. these are two of the top players in the league or for yeah. their teams and they know their relationship. So, I'll oh, get back, get back. But I guarantee you if that was, you know, Khalil Mack and another, another quarterback that he didn't know well, like Derek Carr, he probably would have got a flag for that, mm-hmm. you know, honestly. And then that's what this league is becoming. And you're like, come on, we have to let them play, like the taunting. That's that. I understand it sometimes, but at the same time, if you make a big play and you, you really rock somebody, and you stand over and be like let's go you know like this or something like that like you you have to let them play the game that's why we watch it right because we want to see that right and then what do you do if you get hit like that next time you catch a ball what do you do you spin it on the ground and you go first down right that's yeah. what people do that's part of the game that's what makes it fun right you look you look at when people play basketball or whatever you know you you dunk on somebody you stare over them and that's, that's it is what it is That's yeah, how i was just gonna be. say
0: uh in basketball too Cause I can't dunk, but, uh, yeah. when I, when I play though, man, like when you're playing in a physical game and you get that offensive board in the paint and you go and you fight through three guys, you get that board in the paint, you go back up and it's an, and one and you get the bucket like,
1: and one, let's go.
0: yeah, it, it just, it comes out of you. It just, exactly. it just comes out. Even Justin Fields after his first touchdown pass, he'd been getting knocked around the whole game. Those that touchdown pass, gets knocked down, gets up and goes like this. Yeah. He's, that's the mentality of that game yesterday. It was
1: physical. Exactly. And that's how it should be, because that's what makes it fun. That's why we tune in, because we want to see the reactions of the people. We want to see after they get the sack, after they get a touchdown or first down, what they're going to do. Right. After somebody completely, you know, drops somebody coming across the middle in a legal way. Right. We want to see them get up and say, ah, you know, we want to see that. Or we want to see when a running back trucks somebody. Right. I want to see him get up and, you know, flex on them and say, yeah, like that's <laughs> what makes us tune in. Right. Because of the emotion. The, the intensity of it right we want to see that we don't want people to be robots and be like you get a act like you've been there you know like the coaches always used to say yeah oh he, he's been there a bunch of times but hey he's having fun if you're not having fun out there what do you what are we doing you know at, at this point yeah. in the game so that that's why you just need to let let them play i understand they're trying to do this or they're trying to show oh well kids you know we don't want kids to do what they're doing or whatever but listen you know, as long as you're not giving anybody the finger, you're not being disrespectful, you're not punching anybody in the face, you're not doing – you're just talking mess, you're having fun, let them play, right? Like, that that's what makes it interesting. And I, I just hope that they'll let them play sometimes and and not – because you see in certain games, depending on the refs, you know, the ones that give people a little more leniency and the ones that are kind of like, oh, let's throw a flag here, let's throw a flag here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he just clapped for a second. Oh, flag. Come on. Like, let, let them play. So – that that's the biggest thing I want to see, but I think they're just trying to make an effort to to cut that out of the game. But that that's what makes it interesting. Like we we love those matchups, right? We love when Steve Smith, the wide receiver that used to play for Carolina, would talk mess all the time. And that's what made people want to tune in. What is he gonna say after the game? You know, him and Janoris Jenkins that one time, you know, yeah, yeah. Janoris Jenkins said something about his wife, and then he got into it. People want to see that stuff. You know, that's what makes the game interesting. And You know people just get up all the time and just say yeah great job (laughs) nobody's gonna
0: (laughs) that's the that's the hypocrisy man as as a fan I'll tell you something right now when I'm watching these games and I bet a lot of people listening feel the exact same way when my Bears team gets a big sack or we score a touchdown you know what comes out of me Corey unbridled joy yeah unbridled you know what I mean I'm yelling I'm clapping I'm walking around I'm stomping around man like you're not, you, you would definitely throw a penalty flag in my house for my yeah. celebrations after they score touchdowns. So to expect that from the people that are out there, the professional athletes, these elite, elite players, to bottle it up after they hear that word hike and put everything they can into that play, mm-hmm. all your training, all of your your scouting, your game planning, dude, Like, and you get back there and you finally get to that quarterback and he's on the ground, man. I just can't imagine what that feeling is like for you and for, for someone to say that you can't, do that or act a certain way. And the whole thing about like where the celebration thing is being directed towards Mm. is so silly, man. It's, it's so, it's so ridiculous. Like half the time you get up and you just so happen to maybe be facing that person or whatever. I don't know. I, I, I call BS on it big time.
1: Yeah. It's just a reaction. Like we, we, we're all going to react how, how we react. Right. Like I said, as long as it's not disrespectful to the point where you're giving somebody a finger, you're not letting them get up off the ground. You're mushing them in the head, something like that. But if you're just talking back and forth and you maybe chest bump or, you know, you push each other like that. And then, then it is what it is. That's part of football. That's yeah. what they always let go on. It was just when people would throw punches or, or things like that or somebody get thrown to the ground. Well, yeah. Don't it spit become... in anybody's
0: face. Uh, don't throw a punch. Don't uh, take off your helmet or use your exactly. helmet. Obviously we learned that one yeah. through miles Garrett. You know, there's some, obviously some major no-nos real quick, before we switch over to the offense, uh, if you could hand out a game ball for the defense, Where's that game ball going towards? I mean, Roquan, I mean, Robert Quinn was in the backfield. He was doing, he was making tackles in the running game. He was going sideline to sideline. Khalil Mack, seven solos, seven exactly. solo tackles. That's a big one. With a sack, yeah, you had two-point. Roquan Smith all over the field. Game ball, where are you going?
1: I'm, I'm going to go Khalil Mack, right, against his old team. So, you know you know, he was amped up to, to play Derek Carr and company, you know, after John Gruden said, oh, we didn't need him anyway. Uh, yeah, I think he did a little bit, you know, just just a little bit. Um but he was all over the place. I mean, you know, the the pressures, the hits, um, you know, I wish they changed that rule about two point conversions like that's an actual play. It should count as a sack. It was the biggest play of the game, Corey. We were exactly. talking about a pre-pod.
0: It was 14 to nine. If he doesn't come up with that second, it gets to 1411 Bears fans. We've watched enough Bears games. That next drive becomes really critical. And if it's a three and out or something, that tide completely flips in that game. Different story, possibly.
1: One hundred percent. And I think people just sleep on Khalil Mack a lot of times because I feel like everyone knows who he is and everybody knows how great of a player he is. But when they say like, oh, the best pass rushers in the league, he doesn't come to mind. You know, I, I think the thing is what people people fail to realize sometimes is how valuable he is in every aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Because most I've said this from the beginning, you know, Robert Quinn, his it, what what people had against him, his whole career has been. Oh, he rushes well, but he can't play the run. And he's done the, the complete opposite this year. But okay. Khalil Mack, what makes him stand out is, is for being such a you know, pro-ball, all-pro caliber guy, uh, defensive end. He's a guy that plays the run, you know, is one of the best run stuffers in, in the league. You know, even, even comparing him to like a 3-4 end, just mm-hmm. the way he plays the run. And then he's productive as a pass rusher. Then the big plays, he could, you know, sack fumbles, uh, strips, yeah. fumble recoveries, uh, interceptions. He can he can do it all. He can drop the coverage. So I think he is the, the most balanced, top to bottom defensive end out there. Like, there's nothing he cannot do out there. I think that's what separates him from anybody else in the league. And, I, and in my opinion, if you're talking about most valuable player for a team, I think he's up there for sure, you know, like. Uh, you know, people always go to, well, okay, well, we got to go to the quarterback or we got to go to the receiver. We got you know, if you look at the MVP of the Bears defense, you know, I think it's got to be Khalil Mack just because even when he's not having the sacks that we want to just the attention he commands. Yeah. Right. And then if he's not rushing how, you know, people want him to, he's playing the run well. So that that's, that's the thing. Like not everybody's going to give you everything you want every game. And I think fans always look at it like, okay, well, he, he didn't have one sack or two sacks in this game. Oh man. You know, it's, but when you see sometimes the, the pressure that somebody gets in, in someone's face, like in, in this game, looking at the game, you know, watching it, I'm like, it seemed like he had four sacks in there just because of the amount of pressure he had, you know, he was in Carr's face all day hitting them talking and that impact affected Derek Carr for sure. You know, because he was nervous, you know, Roquan hit him, Khalil Mack hit him, Khalil Mack's talking. So that those are like in, in a boxing match, right? The body blows, the body blows. And after a while, right, you know, this is back-to-back weeks for Derek Carr, right? You know, with, with the Chargers and, and now the Bears. So he's been hit a lot. So I, I think you have him thinking. And sometimes it's all it takes is some of those body blows over a game to really wear somebody down and then stuffing the run, making them one-dimensional you have him thinking, and then you have his receivers thinking because of your physicality. So I think that that starts with the Khalil Mack. You know, he's he sets the tone out there from from the first play. I think everybody feeds off that, like him and Roquan. I think people feed off that, and it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. And I just I think the Browns game was the biggest wake up call for this Bears offense, defense, special team, everything. And I think every every team needs that one bad game like awful game where you're like we shouldn't even been out there like we should have got blown out by 50 like in that game they should have i mean the browns controlled every every point of that game and i think it was a wake-up call for them and they're like listen we can only go off from here we got to control we got to do we got to rally up together we need to get the play calling better we need and defense was probably like listen we got a young guy out there we have to rally up together we have to set the tone we have to we have to be the team right now, right? We got to set the tone for stuff. We got to give the young young buck confidence, right? That he doesn't have to light it up. And that's what you're seeing, right? And, and as I said, you, you do it with the running game. And you look at the past two games. The running game has allowed the team to win, right? Because Justin Fields didn't light it up by any means. But the defense and the running game, that's what, that's how you win games in this league. And, and that's what the Bears are showing. And those are the recipes for, for wins every week. You know, if you could play great defense, you could run the football, you know, and limit your turnovers. That that's the key to winning.
0: Khalil Mack on pace for 15 sacks right now. So uh, maybe we can just kind of put a period on uh, yeah. <laughs> an excellent point that you just made Corey and, and you're bringing up a perfect segue. Cause I kind of want to move over to the offense now mm-hmm. and you know, there's a long road and you go week to week and you know, a lot of the coach speak going in and out of house hall right now is um, is about identity and i think that the bears have started to kind of build upon that the last couple of weeks they've ran the ball 37 times or more for two weeks in a row for the first time since 1989 corey so how about that that's some neil anderson style uh exactly uh, running but uh, you know we're talking defense we're switching over the offense right now i'm just kind of starting to feel oddly like i don't want to say like pieces are falling in place but there's a weird cohesion going on right now that i think is really really promising for hopefully sustained success the rest of the season we're talking about defense right now with Khalil Max playing well. Robert Quinn's having a resurgence season. Roquan Smith is, you know, he's he's the vocal he's the vocal voice after the games as well. But you know, he really is it slowly is kind of turning into the futures of the Bears defense is going to be Roquan Smith. And then you go to the offensive side of the ball. Bill Lazor is calling plays. I don't know. I, I, I'm fascinated by watching Matt Nagy on the sidelines with his hands on his knees, you know, talking to all three phases of the team, being the head coach that we had kind of yeah. asked about for several weeks. And now it seems to be, I don't know, it seems to look be a good look on him. I'm not so sure. It, um, let's exactly.
1: just.
0: I, I just think that there's a kind of a cohesion where everyone's kind of learning the roles a little bit on this bears team. And I think mm-hmm. it starts with this running game. I, if you don't mind, I'd like to start there offensively. Yeah. Let's just talk about Damian Williams, Khalil Herbert. Mm-hmm this offensive line and and yeah. what you're seeing out there because it's been successful the past two weeks.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's the key. And, and we look at kind of Bill Laser's game planning, right? It seems like a two to one run run to pass kind of ratio. And I think that's, that's the sweet spot. I, I've said this from the beginning of the season. I think they need to be a run first team. I think that's gonna open everything else up. And you look at early on the first couple of drives, they couldn't really get the running game going like, like, like we saw against the Lions, right? and that's how it is it's it's i told you it's a slow progression some games some games you're going to come out everything's going to be flowing right the holes are going to be there you're going to be getting those chunk runs 8 10 12 15 yard runs and in this game we didn't see that right but as the game wore on, right, you wear the other team down, and that's when you're seeing some of these chunk runs towards the end. So it's a process, and I think Bill Lazor understands that, which, which I love about his game planning, is he, he sticks. He's like, this is the plan that I'm going to do. You know? And and I don't have a problem with it if, if it's running the football because, like I said, it's like a war of attrition out there. You continue to go. You continue to grind it. And as it was going, that's how they're able to get first down, sustain drives, win that game. And you see guys like Khalil Herbert, which I was excited. You know, I know, I know you you love Khalil Herbert out there running. You see yeah. one of the runs towards the ends of the game where it looked like he was going to be stopped three yards short. He's like and just chugging those legs, right I mean, in the guy's
0: diaphragm. Just and then his yeah. legs just go pop 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 pop, and the guy's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like,
1: exactly. And, and that reminded me of, of a guy I played against, uh, Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch. Ooh, I, mean, I was
0: gonna, I was gonna take another guess, man. Um, a buddy of mine texted me. We said muscle hamster. We said Doug Martin a little bit. Any of that? Okay. Any of that? Yeah, I see. I,
1: I see a little Doug Martin, but but just just the strength. I mean, if you look at Khalil Herbert, I mean, he's him and Damian Williams are both pretty put together guys that are yeah. quick, um, really strong lower and upper bodies. Um, it was impressive to watch him out there grinding out some of these after contact yards, and that's what you love to see. Uh, Khalil Herbert, you know, it's a chance for him to step up and showcase what he can do. And that way they can give David Montgomery time because they don't have to rush him back. Remember I told you in this league, right? It, it, you have to be cautious about certain injuries, right? Knees and backs mm-hmm. give David Montgomery as much time. And I think they showed that Williams and Herbert with that combo, Hey, it's not exactly David Montgomery, but having, you know, 143 yards rushing, you know, them averaging, you know, almost five yards a pop together uh, is, is pretty great. So I'm, I'm hoping that they can just continue that, continue the running game and, like I said, when you run the game, when you run the ball and then stuff starts opening up, towards the end of the game, what happened with Justin Fields on some of those long passes, you know, when he threaded the needle to Mooney, a third Cole time. Komet in there, you know, that opens up all of that. And I think that's the effect of the running game. And like I said, early on, it wasn't the best. Just continue working at, continue working that, keep chopping that wood. Like they used to say at Rutgers, you know, chop that wood. And then all of a sudden it opened up you know that that passing game towards the end when we needed to complete some of those first downs. So I just I just love the game planning because hey, it's not pretty and everybody knows that at times it's not going to be pretty with things, but hey, the past couple of weeks what has it resulted in? A win, right? Yeah. And everything is better when you win. Doesn't matter, right? People aren't saying, "Well, You know, the Bears, uh, this is not the best. And we're not having 500 yards. Everybody's happy in Chicago. You know, you want to know why? Defense is playing well. W. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not turning the ball over. And they're getting wins. Mm -hmm. And what's important now? Winning the football game. And I don't care if they win every game like this, right? You know, when when the 85 Bears, you know, went on that run and they won. they, They won some games and you're like, eh. But. Who who cares if it's an ugly win, a pretty win? It's a win. And wins are hard to come by in this league. And I think, you know, now that the the way they have everything with Matt Nagy, you know, kind of managing all three phases, you know, how it should have always been. And, you know, Bill Lazor calling the offensive play, Sean Desai, you know, dealing with that, you know. So I think everything is the way it should be. And I think we're just going to continue seeing everything get better with with the team. And I think the offense is going to continue to get better. But I think, you know, the, the biggest thing, is Justin Fields just has to get a little more comfortable out there. I and the Lions game, I thought he was comfortable this week. I didn't I didn't see that same comfort. And Oakland had a pretty good plan for him. You know, they 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 were playing well. And like I said, Rod Marinelli really had that defensive line, pressuring them, you know, running some games and stunts. I thought the coverage was well. So I thought Oakland had a really good plan for Justin Fields. And the thing is, you know, every week they're going to they're gonna try to bring their best game plan because of how dynamic he is as a player. So if, if we could continue to get that running game going, like really get it going from the start of the game, you know, get get some of those gashing runs and then have some of those draws and screens and keep people off balance, I think it's going to open up some of those passes like we saw in the Lions game where he was really able to flourish.
0: Yeah, Justin Fields is on deck. We're going to hit it in one second. Uh, I, want, I got a lot of questions for you with that. Real quick, though, before we do that, uh, do you think we continue to see Alex Barrs more? Um, you know, obviously, I, I really like what you know. Jimmy Graham is Jimmy Graham's run blocking right now. It's actually pretty impressive, and Cole exactly. Kmet is actually proven to be a pretty positive run blocker as well. As they continue to try and target him more in the passing game, but bringing out Alex Barrs yesterday for you, you know, as an opponent, maybe if you were on the other side of the field, what's going through your mindset? when that happens is it kind yeah. of like a oh man now we got to deal with this because you're I, i'm just trying to continue to talk yeah. about this this value of attrition when you're running the football then you bring out that extra guy
1: i mean it's yeah. like oh man what what's next exactly you, you bring this uh 300 plus pound you know offensive lineman as the yeah. extra tackle in there and and, and it's awesome because i i think it just command they're thinking oh we're running this way they're, they're running this way so all the attention goes on there and i i like my eyes on alex barr you know blocking there as a tight end as an extra lineman in there and I, I think they're going to continue to do more of that and I think you know immediately as a defensive end when you just go out there when there's extra lineman you're like okay you're face to face with him you're not on an edge this is going to be a tough matchup on a guy that can run block so mm-hmm. it, it's just a different element out there and I think every end usually hates that situation because you, you know this league has become hey tight ends don't like the block even though Cole Clement and Jimmy Graham are doing a great job majority of the league they don't like the block they don't like to get dirty in there um so you know you like that matchup against the tight end when you're a defensive end you're like oh I could ragdoll this guy you know <laughs> he just wants to catch the ball he wants to be a Darren Waller he wants to be you know one of those guys so I think they they definitely hate when an extra O-lineman comes in because you know this guy is ready to drive you off the ball he's been fresh all game he's just has his first play right there you know he hasn't been going through the whole course of a game like Jason Peters or Fadi in there so
0: yeah i can just imagine you know you know you're on the maybe like the 12th or 13th rush of the game they're kind of kind of beating you up a little bit and then they bring the extra guy out and you're just like Oh ah. yeah, come on man <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> like all right, He's let's like, hold on, coach. Time out, time out. <laughs> <laughs> cramp, cramp, cramp.
0: <laughs> oh, make calf. Uh, help. Uh let's uh you teased it. Let's get into Justin Fields. Um, if it's okay, man, I want to ask you some things uh that might feel a little bit more on the critical side because I do want to get to some some positives that yeah. I think are big picture positives and also in game positives that I really, really liked. But let's just start first with um, a little bit of what you're talking about of that confidence. Mm-hmm. and getting him a little bit more comfortable, I think, earlier in the yeah. game. And it's a delicate balance, right, because all we're, we're all we're getting off the bus running the football right now, but it is important mm-hmm. that Justin Fields makes good decisions within a football game. If I can be – the biggest criticism for me right now is that every game that he's played in so far, once or twice a game, we're in like a second and 22. You whether it. it's a delay a game or whether, you know, it's just that one play that he just doesn't make the best decision in the world. He either takes a sack yesterday was throwing a lateral from a uh, seven yard loss. That, that's fine. Rookies are going to make those mistakes, but you know, we're playing the Packers and the Buccaneers coming up and I'm telling you guys yeah. right now that if we keep doing those second and 22 second and twenty sevens, something really bad is going to happen, uh, you know, turnover wise. And we're kind of playing with fire from that respect. So in your opinion, what do you think, what can we do you know from bill laser's perspective we want to run the football right off the bat but we want to get justin fields comfortable i felt like at times you know later in the game when they just started doing like hey man you're going to hike you're going to turn around you're just going to throw to a rob you know what i mean like he's going to be there like forget about it Set it forget it don't read the defense there's no one two progression just pop he's going to be right there do they need to incorporate more of that how can they get him in a rhythm while still doing the running game and hopefully yeah. opening it up for later opportunities later in the game. Yeah.
1: So but. did you see that Tiger Woods documentary at all? Oh yeah. Did you, did you, see when his dad had taught him, Hey, kiss, keep it stupid, simple. Right. And I think yeah. that's what it comes down to. Honestly, yeah. I, I think that's philosophy. Bill laser and, and Matt Nagy need to be with Justin Fields and say, listen, you know, on that play where honestly we thought he tore his ACL where he hyperextended it.
0: Your that's dad. a
1: play where he should have ran the ball. Or, or if you're in a situation where it's not there, throw it out of bounds. You yeah. need to get the ball out because we dodged a bullet right there. That, that, that could have been a bad situation. But that, that's another thing where that was a sack right there and almost is out for the year because he's just holding the ball. So he just has to have that clock. And you look at the guy that they're playing, Aaron Rodgers, this week. Um, in practice, they have a clock out there, a play clock. that that I think it's like a siren every three seconds to be able to get the ball out there to, just to know that they're not holding it too long. Right. And I think that has to be in his head, right? One, two, three, if it's not there, Hey, let's turn and run. Once we get on the run, Hey, is it down the field is it not okay. Let me, let me run the football or let me throw it out of bounds or let me hit somebody down the field. I think they just need to simplify for him and give him two reads at this point. And then, Hey, if it's not there, tuck it and go right. And get in a situation where you, you keep yourself. Keep yourself up from being hurt, right? You, you get out of bounds real quick. You slide. You don't take these hits, right? Because we want to avoid a, you know, Robert Griffin situation, right? When he got to a point where he's running the football and then, no you know, more he got those sweeps, dude. Exactly. A little no. while. I
0: don't, I don't, I, I, I hear what you're, and you've been saying it too of like, you know, those RPOs. He's had those open areas. I don't know if Justin Fields, I don't even know if it's confidence. I think it's maybe just more feel. Like, it's not that he doesn't have an ability. I don't think he has a feel for running the football yet. Does that make any
1: sense? No, no, it it makes a lot of sense. And I I think they have to have certain situations where they run that RPO, where maybe they have a tight end in there that kind of avoids the defensive end. And then you give the defensive end a chance to read, you know, that progression, right? And then a defensive end or that end is in there, the tight end. And then he has a situation where he acts like he's blocking access and then pops out you know, for, for that security blanket. And I think that's a situation where it can give him the confidence that maybe, Hey, if I don't want to throw, I don't want to run. I ha- I have the dunk down to Jimmy Graham or Cole Komet. And that's a situation where, where you're working that running game. And then if Justin Fields decides to pull it, then you have Cole Komet as an extra blocker as well. And with the option to go down the field. And-
0: yeah. I was going to say like uh, on another one too is, and we haven't seen a lot of it is just um, is a concentrated boot. We're on the just mm-hmm. forced a touchdown. In my opinion, Kind of happened because Fields made a great play, but also because that linebacker had to stay home on him. He wasn't able to kind of take away that throwing lane a little bit. Exactly. Maybe play some games with him where, like, if the linebacker's going to come up, we're going to yeah. find something underneath. And if he stays home with the crossing route, Justin Fields then has maybe the confidence to move forward and pick up some yards.
1: Exactly. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think the way they were running the football in that second half, really grinding them down. That's when you do those hard boots, you yeah. know, where you ha- where you give him the opportunity to get on that edge. Right. And then, then the pass rush is not a factor because you're telling me Max Crosby, who I think is a great player. He's not running with Justin Fields. I'm sorry. And I think that's about 99% of the league. Um, so I think that's a situation where you 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 run the ball, run the ball, and then all of a sudden you do a hard play action boot where he comes around and he has that option to turn that corner, look down the field, look look for the colquitt across if that's your security blanket in there, and it just and the sprint outs too, right? Don't sleep on the sprint outs because that's a situation where you can hit that edge and, you know, hit some of those out routes to Allen Robinson or Mooney in there, or you have the crosser coming across as well. So there's there's a lot of different options out there, but I think he's most comfortable, what we've seen, with some, some boots, I think some sprint outs and some hard play actions, you know, where you have that max it's protect play action, yeah. That's, he seems very comfortable in that, you know, cause what I can tell for him is that bounce he has in his step when he has that hard play action look. And that's what I love for him cause he's boom, boom. Boom. And then ah, delivering that strike. So that, that's what we need to see more of. And he seems very comfortable in the gun. And, and you pointed that out. I think he, he loves being in the gun and that situation where, Hey, you know, some mix, mix and match, right. And in, in certain situations where, you know, we got to get that first down the defense knows we got to throw it. Hey, get him in that gun. You know, he's one, two likes to go. So that or or the hard play action looks, I think that's where he's most comfortable. Um, so The combination of that with the sprint outs and the boots, um, I I think that's where we need to go, especially establishing that running game, because that's going to be able to open everything up. Then you keep them off balance like the Lions game. Then we're able to mix and match some of those dropbacks in there.
0: It's a delicate dance because I think a lot of people, and and we've been doing it too, is we've been singing the praises of us committing to that running game early and often. And even if it doesn't work right Mm -hmm. away, that patience and conviction to keep doing it and then we're finding success with it but at the same time I really think we need to start kind of figuring out ways to pick our spots to get Justin a little bit more comfortable earlier in the game I just I I, I'm not saying anything that's groundbreaking here I think there's a lot more that can be unearthed with Justin's game and his talent and I think it really is kind of more of a confidence and rhythm thing more Mm -hmm. than an ability thing right now because as you yeah. thought, let's get to the good stuff. I want to talk about some of the good stuff now. You know, that throw to, on 3rd and 12 to Darnell Mooney. Beautiful throw, right? I mean, and that's that's stuff that we haven't seen at the quarterback position a lot over the last couple of years. Next play, pop hits Cole Komet again. That's the stuff that he's going to be capable of on a regular basis moving forward in his career. Maybe not quite there right now. But again, like, he is capable of making those throws. And, you know, I, I think he... I'm just going to say it, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, we got to get him on the, we got to get him running all the time and stuff. Like I love creating plays where the defense mm-hmm. had to make options and decisions out of that stuff. But like, I really love how he likes staying in the pocket. Mm-hmm. I, he wants to do it from there. Personally, yeah. I don't exactly. ailing the same way that maybe some other quarterbacks in this town have bailed when that first or second read wasn't there. And, you know, also I, I, I'm dying to hear your perspective on this. It's kind of a cliche, but man, the dude is tough. He's tough, man. I mean, yesterday I was an easy game, and I think he was a lot more hurt than people want to realize. Yep. And, uh, yeah. and man, not a not a grimace or not really anything. I guess there yeah. was a report that he was going to puke on the sideline after that hit in the back of the ribs, just because the wind got knocked out of him so bad. You yeah. yep. know. And it's just like, just talk about that, man. I mean, I think the kid, yeah. the kid is worth rallying around. I think I'll put it that oh. way.
1: 100%, I, th- I think guys bought bought to that. They gravitate to, to a guy like that, because think about it. He was, everyone thought he was done for the season. You know, when they showed the replay on the Jumbotron and they're seeing his knee hyperextend, I think they're all thinking, oh shoot, he just tore his ACL. And then four plays, three plays later, he comes out the tent, goes back in, and everyone's like, whoa. And then taking that hit, like you said, you know, in the ribs possibly could have it, you know, some some bruised ribs, some, you know, we, we don't we don't know the extent of it. But just showing the toughness that this kid, kid has, you know, because I think most people after that scary of a hyperextending your knee, whether you were truly injured or not, I think you'd be nervous in there, you know. And I think just the way he bounced back and got better as the game went along um, and then has his first touchdown in there, I think the guys really buy into that. And I think the defense especially, they're going to want to play for a guy like that. They're going to be, hey, let's put our neck on the line for this guy. Let's do it for the team. Let's do it for him. He's a tough guy. Um, I I think he has everybody's respect and it's great to see such a young guy that people are rallying around. And, and I think he's a leader. Um, And I think as, as things progress in this offense, I think he's really going to shine. And I think, like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's all about comfort for him. And I think, you know, any anything in life, you know, when, when you're when you're playing football and especially in the quarterback position, it's it's a rhythm, right? And he hasn't had those same reps with the receivers that Andy Dalton had in the offseason. So listen, this is this is only his, you know, really third game and second uh game of actual whole game planning with just him as the guy. Mm-hmm. So I think it's gonna take some time. And I th- think, you know, we're all expecting him to light it up. And I think we're not being honest or real with just reality you know I think it takes time in this league and especially if he didn't have an offseason with receivers working the ins and outs of the routes um you know the breaks the progression the timing of stuff and we saw as the game goes on it gets better for him but it's just about starting you know that that first drive second drive we don't we don't see that consistency that we see with some other quarterbacks around the league you know but which I think is really promising because he he adjusts and I think I just wish they would have gave him those same reps with the ones throughout the offseason because I think he would have hit the ground running from from week one if he would have been the starter. So, I, you know, I think we just need to continue just to trust that it's going to continue to get better with him and the receivers. And that's that's half of everything in this league when it comes to the relationship between the quarterbacks and the receivers. They know, you. you look at like, you know Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams who were playing this week right they're on the same page all the time they he are, knows he knows when he's going to turn they're telling they him yeah they be like turn and it is not even designed that way he'll know he's turning he know he know when he goes like this he's turning this way mm. and then all of a sudden the ball will be there before he's even there that that's what happens when you work stuff with people you know throughout offseason throughout years that's the type of stuff that you build up and and we're going to see that get better but he yeah, just didn't start out that way and and you know with everything with covid and him not being the guy he just doesn't have the experience with these receivers.
0: I think it's fair if you want to be criti- critical of what I'm about to say but this was probably the first week that mm-hmm. our hopeful future franchise quarterback and our number 1 receiver looked like the what you're talking about had a little bit of that chemistry mm-hmm. cuz i just you know Justin Fields would hike under center. He would turn around, just plant, and he would just toss it, just knowing that A-Rob was right. going to be there. And they're starting at to to the point where he goes, hey, if I put the ball up to A-Rob, he's going to make me look good, and he's going to come down to that catch. It's week five, and we're just getting right. to that now. Good news that we're getting into it now, but I'm with you, man. We will always kind of wonder the what could have been. I will also say, though, we have to be very fair that Andy Dalton came into this game and picked up a pretty big third and six. He did. He did. And you know what? He's, again, I'll say it again. Don't bury Andy Dalton. He's a superb backup. He should not be the starter. But again, it's kind of nice to have depth at that particular position moving forward. And in regards to Justin Fields, it's just so funny that, you know, when you start to look at all these different things, and if you kind of take that broad picture of it, this game was set up very similar to the Browns, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. a quarterback that no one really kind of buys or trusts, solid team that has multiple running backs Um, I think a a defense that I don't want to say talent level is equivalent but probably both very physical on the Mm -hmm. road and Justin came in there and protected the football we were able to run the football and then the second half made some plays and then after you know the Raiders did score that touchdown it was 14 to 9 they missed the two point so stayed 14 to 9 Justin Fields came down and he got a field goal and you want to know what else that I really like Corey and I want to hear your opinion on this is i am all i'm a big proponent of it's one of those things where like if you're if you see a lot of holding penalties on the offense you know as a defense you're like okay wait this is going to have to stop pretty soon and we're going to start having success conversely there's a lot of penalties going on you know on the raiders defense they finally threw up that deep ball to a rob pi oh yep. what a concept you know there's a lot of bananas on the field let's take that shot let's go for it let's exactly. make and they were able to drive down the field and get a very crucial field goal in my opinion to make it 17-9 And that's progress just from only two or three weeks ago from that Browns game.
1: Exactly. That's, that's huge to see. And I think the the biggest thing what has changed, right. Is, is, is just not abandoning the run game. And I I think in that Browns game, when Matt Nagy was calling the plays, he abandoned the run game way too early. And, and I've always said this, I think situation where, Hey, if you're in the fourth quarter and you need two, three scores and you haven't been doing well offensively, that's when you have to do the, the, two-minute style offense hurry up let's get to the line but anything you know two scores I think is a situation like where you can continue to run the ball and I think that was Matt Nagy's biggest problem was the fact that he abandoned the run game when the game was still tight you know that Browns game is 10 to 3 at halftime and you're like oh okay it's a one score game let's go Uh, but no three consecutive passes in in that in that first drive in the second half when you get the ball right you get a three and out three consecutive passes you're like what you know that that's the stuff that i'm like okay and then i i see um bill laser being like okay we're we're gonna run the football right and and i'm gonna take the pressure off justin fields and that's what it should have been from day one that's what we've been preaching and i just love that he's actually committing to the run game and and going with it right because it didn't work at first and we're like let's let's keep chipping away let's keep doing this and then all of a sudden that's when you grind him out and towards the end of the game their defense was tired because when it when a team runs the ball majority of the time teams hate that you know as a as a, as a defensive player a defensive end defensive lineman you hate when they run the ball you, you like when they they get past the ball because you're like hey i need to get these sacks and then all of a sudden you know you're like hey i'm taking on these double teams all day especially the interior guys a lot of times you're like oh man you know wears on you and then you get tired you get frustrated you are know, not making the plays you want to. And then it becomes a mental thing for the defense. They're like, oh, man, we can't stop them on, you know, sec- second and short. We can't set- stop them on third and short. And then it gets a situation where they're, they're deflated. And then all of a sudden you bring in some of those passing plays and they're not able to defend it like Justin Fields was towards the end of the game. So I just, I just loved sticking to it, right? Because it wasn't pretty at times, but you grind them out and you outrushed them. You outperformed them in mostly every aspect of the game, except the passing game, Derek Carr had more passing yards. But what they did to stop Derek Carr was unbelievable because you've seen in, in the games before these last two weeks, he's really went off when, when Waller and Ruggs and some of these guys, Renfro. So I think it was just a great game, you know, and it looks like a boring game. People say, oh, you know, the Bears, is not pretty, it's not this. But like I said, hey, I'll take this type of win all, t- all day because, you know, running the football, playing great defense, that's how you win football games. And people could say, oh, it's not, you know, how Peyton Manning used to play where he put up 50, 60 points. You know, the other team would score 50. But, hey, I, I like this type of football. This is grind them out, this Chicago Bear type of football. And, and I like it. Um, So I, I think a, as we go on, we're going to we're gonna see the passing game open up for sure. I, I think it's just going to take time. And, and I think the biggest thing is just the rhythm with him and the receivers. And I'm just hoping that, you know, we could see that from the beginning. Okay. Like, Hey, A-Rob, what, what route you like? Okay. Justin, what, what what route do you feel comfortable starting this game off with? Right. I like a little 10 yard out, right. A-Rob. Okay. Cheated in a little inside. Okay. And then, you know, as soon, as soon as you, right before you hit that break, I'm going to have the ball there. All right. You're going to get it. Right. Okay. Great. And just being on the same page with stuff like that, you know, Hey Mooney. You know, when, when you hit that little pulse route, okay, I know the safety is going to be over the top, but as soon as soon as before you're about, to, I'm going to put it there, right? Hey, he might be on you quick, catch that, and get down, stuff like that, just being on the same page and, and certain situations like that, because there's in, in defenses, there's always spots, especially in the zone coverage and you know, some of those cover twos and something like that, where there's a little spot that it can open up. And I think once they get more comfortable with each other, they're going to see that ball being delivered. You know, at times, like we saw in the game, you know, b- before the defenders could even get there throwing stripes. And we're going to see that as, as games go on. I think confidence is the key. And towards the end of the game, we, I saw a lot more confident Justin Fields. And that's what we're going to see as the season progresses.
0: Yeah, and I just think if you get it a little bit earlier in the game, I think you can continue to build on it because I think he has the capability and ability to take it to different levels moving forward. And, yeah, you know, it's not like basketball, but you do want to try. And and it's not ideal. It doesn't always happen. But you want to try and get everyone a touch, right? exactly in the, the game as you possibly can get everyone engaged and get coming, everyone into that flow a little bit and also to your point if you pull up the box score and you didn't watch the game yesterday bears were six of 13 on third down which is pretty good and that's i, I would say that's damn good for a rookie quarterback exactly. across the board raiders had 10 drives bears had 10 drives uh raiders had 259 total yards we had 252 yards per pass. We were 4.7. They were 4.9 yards per rush. We were 4.2. They were 4.3. I mean, there was a lot of similarities mm. there, but I think that what we did and what you're talking about, I think that the scheming and the execution and stuff is what made it the 11 point victory that it was. I oh, want a quick shout out to Cairo Santos. Just real quick. Yeah. We're not asking a lot from the dude, but the dude's a closer, right? I mean, we can ice him the whole game. in, and He just drops him right down the middle. Uh, right down the middle of the fairway. That's what we like to see here on believe in bears. That's how we like to, that's yeah, how it's right? out there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, final topic. And this is just kind of a quick teaser before, uh, believe in bears returns Thursday morning to preview bears Packers. But I, I kind of want to get your opinion on okay. how you're feeling about it right now. I'm not, I don't want to get overly optimistic, but I'm a highly yeah. optimistic dude. These last two weeks have been promising. I'm starting to see small little steps and I mentioned that cohesion of this team kind of coming together becoming you know finding that identity that they're talking about and I'm not getting too grandiose but all of a sudden this really tough schedule that we have coming up maybe doesn't look as tough as we might have thought it was you know four five six weeks ago even into the preseason I am going to be very I'm going to try and remove my emotional heart from my head this week because Mm -hmm. it's the Packers man you got to understand I hate this team. I hate this organization. And you know, Justin Fields is a long line of rookie quarterbacks who are going to be going through a rite of passage and it doesn't matter in this town what you do against any other NFL team until you play the Packers and Justin Fields is going to start doing that this week. How are you looking at this matchup right now? Are you feeling confident? Look, the Packers are a great team. They probably are the class of the NFC North, but I'm starting to feel like we can be competitive in this game and I think we can give them some problems in some different ways. What say you?
1: Yeah, no, and I agree. I, I think of, of all the years, I think this is a year where everything going on with Aaron Rodgers and the and the Green Bay Packers, they, you know, we've seen at times them look good, but we haven't seen the Aaron Rodgers type performances that we're used to, because I think it's just not on the same page. He, he missed all, you know, the most of the preseason camp, you know, the uh, OTAs and all that with them. I think he was just really mad about the staff. He's like, you know, I'm probably not even going to be here next year, things like that. So I I, I think real what
0: real short interjection real quick I think 206 of his 280 passing yards yesterday were all to Devonte Adams so that also yeah bit about like I'm just going I know going back to the well
1: exactly and you, and you look at these games where there's been one receiver that you really have to stop right you look at uh, this past week against like Darren Waller and Ruggs, right those were their two top guys they held them under check right and then the week before T.J. Hawkins oh we got to stop him he's going off in all of these games able to stop him so I think that's a situation where you where you have a guy that you know is going to be a game breaker the Bears Sean Desai and company they have a great plan for that so I'm not worried about this game like I usually am every year I think this is a very winnable game and I think Bill Lazor I think that's the x factor I think that's what we've been missing since Matt Nagy has come and become the head coach is this type of game planning where hey we're going to trust the run We're going to open it up, you know, then then when we get comfortable, we're going to work that play action in there. But we're really our identity offensively is going to be to grind them out. We're going to run the football. And I think you have two great backs in in Herbert and Williams. And I think they're having an opportunity to absolutely shine with Montgomery out. You know, I think you're playing great defense. And I think Khalil Mack gets up for a game like this. I think Robert Quinn is going to have one of his best performances. I, I really believe that. Roquan and company, I think this is a game that they're really getting up for. And I think it's going to be a tight one. No no if ands, and buts about it. But I think the Bears come out with the victory. And I'm, I'm not trying to be a homer or anything, but I truly believe that with the emphasis on running the football, eliminating those turnovers, playing great defense, and I think against Rodgers this week, we dial up that blitz package, you know? We at times double cover Devontae Adams, you know, really keep the attention on him because I think he's the guy that can really break you. And I, I'm i not too worried about a guy like Randall Cobb. I think he's talented, but I think he's getting up there in years. Um, I think Devontae Adams is the engine, him and Aaron Rodgers are the engine that run that offense. And I think if you could cut him off or contain him a little bit, you know, you don't allow him the targets you get physical with them, you press them, things of that nature. And then we dial up that blitz package, right? Because Aaron Rodgers isn't the guy that we can give five, six, seven, eight seconds. We can't do that. So I, I think from the, from the first whistle, you know, in the obvious passing situations, you know, dial up that blitz package, you know, bring some of those rushers, bring a corner blitz, bring a safety blitz, exit games. And then the hard count this week, Aaron Rodgers loves to get people to jump. So watch the football defensive line. Little Mac, I know you want to get after him, but he's going to go on three, four, five, six. He's a guy that goes on six. No quarterback ever goes on six. And what he tries to do is get you to jump. And then when you jump, what does he do? He runs out there. They play. go deep. You yeah. play. Right? So that's a situation where we, we, we need to be cognizant of that. But I think this is a game, like I said, it's going to be a tight one. I think it's going to be similar to this this uh, Vegas game. You know, I think it's going to be a very tight game lower scoring game. Maybe we don't light it up offensively, but I think it's a situation where we win the game, you know, 20 to 17, something like that. Yes.
0: I love it, man. And you, you know, you mentioned those third and longs previously in the pod. That was the first thing that came to my head when you were talking about Aaron Rodgers. Definitely something that we're going to have to stop. And yeah, you know, it it is a lot of times about who you play, but sometimes it's about when you play them. And the Bears right now are, are trending in the right direction. We're building on something. We've got ourselves a little something called momentum. And, you know, the Packers, you know, Jair Alexander is out for the year. Darius Smith is out. Their defense maybe isn't exactly what, you know, it has been in previous years. We're going to be playing at home. We're going to be rocking and rolling. Maybe we are catching them at the right time a little bit. And, man, if a rookie like Justin Fields can come out and beat the Packers in his first start against them, I mean, he will be doing something that men like Grossman, unfortunately, Cutler, Unfortunately, Trubisky were unable to do over the past 15 or 16 years. That'll do it for our Bears Raiders post game, man. Bears win in week five. They are now three and two. We are now three and two on our season picks. Yes, over 500. Walk with our heads held high this week. And listeners, thank you so much for checking out this pod. You're just going to have to come back in a couple of days because we're going to dive in deep on Bears Packers. Get you ready for hopefully a win on the lakefront. My name is Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Today's episode was presented by BetOnline.ag. Fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V. Corey, my man, great post game, dude. Your keys, your keys came through. We're gonna depend on you again. Bill Lasers depending on upon you again to give us the keys to victory next week. See you in a couple days, man. Take us home.
1: Sounds good, my man. You can follow me on uh socials at Corey Wooten, C O R E Y, W Two O's, Two Ts, O N, Instagram, Twitter. You know the drill. Uh love your guys' support. Uh give us the feedback, comments, likes, subscribe. Um, you'd be loving doing this, uh vibe, vibing and uh you know, give, giving you the game plan, uh, you know, against the Pack Week. I think everybody looks forward to this, especially the Bears fans. Uh, as a player, loved it. So, looking forward to diving into the to the matchups, the keys, uh, the ingredients. I'm, I'm I'm looking for all the secret sauce this week to, to take down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, baby.
0: Ooh, should we make a really special dish this week with our ingredients for a victory court? Hey,
1: <laughs> hey, we might have to. We got to avoid cheese, though. No cheese in there.
0: No, 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 no. Cheese. I'm look, man. I'm in my 30s. Lactose intolerant, buddy. Can't do it. Exactly. Anymore. Can't do it. Won't. Do it. <laughs> Never. Won't do it. Uh, man. Great pod, Corey. Everyone listening, thank you so much for checking it out. Be well. Be safe. Please be good to each other. Remember, this is a great week to bear down and go White side. Yes,
1: yeah, sir. <laughs> good stuff, man.